Hi, I'm John. I'm one of the pastors at Victory and I'm also the director of our provincial churches. At Victory, we are committed to plant churches all over the Philippines, believing that together we can disciple this nation. Hope this message inspires you to honor God and make disciples. All right. We are now welcoming our eighth month called August 2020. The Lord still has something in store for you and I this year of 2020. Amazing time, amazing passage of scripture uh, that we're going to be looking at today. Once again, this is, as we welcome everybody, some of you probably are just watching right now. Uh, we have been trying to go through, we have a series called Gospel Explained. This is our way of going through the book of Romans, written by Apostle Paul, when he decided when he was in Corinth, he was writing a letter to the people in Rome, the Christians in Rome. And the Christians in Rome are composed of different types of people. Some are Gentiles, some are uh, Jewish in origin, but they're, they're all part of the church in Rome, and he has decided to write and encourage them to continue to be united together. And we're going to be talking more about that at the later part of this uh, book of the book of Romans. But we are now focused and trying to answer Apostle Paul's uh, uh, trying to preempt the worries and, and the things that are going through the minds of the Roman believers I mean, yes, Roman believers, but specifically the Jewish in origin, the ones who have been uh, converted from Judaism to Christianity, but now asking a question, if we are not saved by the deeds of the law, so now there's a possibility, if, this, if it's just by faith, then people can become lawless and even more lawless because they've never had a foundation of the law. And Apostle Paul tried to answer uh, that trying to preempt that question, are we to sin since we are not under the law and under grace? And he says, by no means. That's chapter 6, verse 15. And in answering that question, he gave four illustrations. And we talked about that first illustration last week on the new master. The new master. That's an amazing, uh, uh, you know, message that I'd like you to catch up on if this is your first time to come and listen uh, to this part of the series. But today we're going to focus on the second illustration on new husband. He used a marriage as an illustration in order for the believers to understand how it is to live under grace and not being under the law anymore, but this time showing the result through the life of sanctification being so evident to the rest of the world to see. I want to look at that right now in this passage of Scripture. Romans chapter 7, starting in verse 1, it says, Or do you not know, brothers? In other words, it's connected to that illustration last week. For I am speaking of those who know the law. Now he's addressing specifically those, uh, not just the Jewish uh, ones uh, who are aware of Mosaic law, but even some of the Gentiles, if not all of them, are also aware uh, up to the Mosaic law. And so he's addressing them and trying now to use this illustration. And he says that the law is binding on a person only as long as he lives. 
He's talking about marriage. And then he says, For a married woman is bound by law to her husband while he lives. Now, in our culture and background here in the Philippines, we are all aware of this because of our Christian heritage. And it's good for us, uh, and we can relate to this uh, very much. Now, this is an acceptable illustration that Apostle Paul uh, used, but it might be a little bit convoluted in a while as we go through, but I believe we will be able to get the point uh, nevertheless. And it says in verse uh, verse, the next part of the verse in verse 2, but if her husband dies, she is released from the law of marriage. We all know that. You are married to somebody, you are a married woman, married to uh, this man. If this man dies, then you are, not no, you are no longer under the law of marriage. So therefore, he says in verse 3, accordingly, she will be called, uh, finishing verse, verse 2, it says, But if her husband dies, she is released from the law of marriage. Verse 3, accordingly, she'll be called adulteress if she lives with another man while her husband is still alive. Only when the husband pass, passes away, that will be the time that the person, the married woman is now a widow, now can get married again and it's lawful but if they're still together and the husband is still alive and this married woman met up with another person and start living with that person then that woman is an adulteress as what the scripture has said and we all know that in our culture and with the religious background that we have so nevertheless the story is still a perfect perfect illustration that apostle paul was using But looking at the next part of this, it says, But if her husband dies, uh, if her husband dies, she is free from from that law, that if she marries another man, she's not an adulteress. That's very clear. Now, now, in this passage, Apostle Paul is using this illustration of us being, belonging to Christ's. And the effect of that ought to be uh, in a way that would show a life of grace, a vibrant, thriving kind of life. Because we now belong to Christ. And there are three aspects I'd like us to look at today when we say we belong to Christ. So we have Christ as our spouse. Now that's the only uh, caveat I'd like to uh, share with us. That's the, the, you know, not all illustrations are perfect. There are some illustrations that, are not, uh, that cannot be applied uh, perfectly, including this one. What about if a believer is male? You know, how can he be married to a husband? Now that's, you know, you cannot grasp it. But, but the illustration here is about a married woman, all right? Not about uh, vice versa, but it's about a married woman. And, 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 and so now he says, now there are three aspects I'd like us to embrace today uh, as we go through the idea of now the married woman is now now has a new husband and so what is the picture of that 
And we're going to look at this right now. We're going to even use New Living Translation if we need to, just to be able to uh, see it more in a, in a, in a, in a, in, in a more plain English, if, if, we, if, if I may. And so, we see here, uh, what is having a new spouse means? Three aspects of this relationship. Number one, new living belongingness, cleaving to Jesus. Now, that could be applied to anyone. All right? New living belongingness. If we say that the law, that we are, we are dead to the law. Now, in the illustration, it's the husband who passed, who passed away. But here, law cannot pass away, right? It, it can't die. Law can't die. It's, it's us who died to the law. All right? That's why it's a bit, uh, the application is not, it's not. Um, fitting uh, 100%, but nevertheless, it's, it's, it's still a, a good illustration, and Paul was able to drive a point. And, and, so, and so, but he's talking about us now, belonging, now that we are dead to the law, we are widow no more. The married woman is not a widow anymore because she is now married and belong to a new husband. Let's look at verse 4 right now. And it says, Likewise, my brothers, you also have died to the law through the body of Christ, so that you may belong to another. You may belong to another, to him who has been raised from the dead. Now, the very reason that we have died to the law, we talked about it last week. Uh, 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 two weeks ago, to the waters of baptism, we're dead to sin and alive in God, in Christ Jesus. Now that we are dead to the law, now we are married and we are part and we belong to another, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and so the, there's a living belongingness. Now we are, we are not abandoned right there. We died to the law and that's it. No. We died to the law, but we now are now belong to another, and that another is a person who was raised from the dead, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we move on. We we move on there. So we uh, uh, so that is the picture. That's the first one. A sense, a new living belongingness that I now belong to Christ. I don't, I'm not, I don't belong to the law anymore. I belong to Christ. My life here is, has been, has been um, uh, uh, so chaotic. My life here being married to the law has been, you know, could you imagine being married to somebody as you wake up in the morning, as a married woman, you wake up in the morning and your husband has a list of things that you have to do. There's no flexibility. There's a demand for you to perform to the, I mean, to the tiniest part of that to-do list that day, you have to perform. There is no room for failure. Should you fail in one of the lists... According to the scriptures, you break the whole law. Could you imagine you wake up in the morning and you have a list that you have to perform as a wife. And your husband, before you even open your eyes, the husband has already put it right before your eyes. And you have to perform it that day. By the end of the day, and you're about to sleep. 
you are now in frustration because you're not able to fulfill all the requirements of that to-do list of the husband. That, what, that's what the law is trying to demand on you and on me. Being on the law, we are required. And some people, now, the law is supposed to give life. But it is not done by any human being in the face of the earth. The only person who was able to fulfill the requirements of the law is no other than the Lord Jesus Christ. The one who died on the cross and fulfilled all the requirements of the law. Carried all our sickness and our diseases and our sins. For those of you right there, listening right now in your room and probably in quarantine. I want to remind you that the Lord Jesus has taken all your diseases. All your sins. Upon himself on that cross. Now we belong to him. We belong to Christ. That's the old husband. There's no room for failure. We live our lives in constant fear in the morning and constant frustration in the evening because we fall short of the glory of God. If we try to use this law to justify us, it won't happen. Even if Living your life in sanctification, this still cannot provide the strength for you. This can only point you back to your need of a new husband. But this will never point you or give you the power to do it. When I go through that, I think I'm I'm going ahead of myself. But we go, go, go to the next aspect of what it means to have a new spouse or what it means to belong to Christ or belong to another. Second one. The first one is new living belongingness, cleaving to Christ, cleaving to Jesus. Second aspect is new living fruitfulness, being holy for God. New living fruitfulness, being holy for God. Let's look at the second part of verse 4. And it says, second part of verse 4. And it says, So that you may belong to another, to him who had been raised from the dead, in order that you may bear fruit for God. Now that you belong to Christ, there's an expectation, in a good way, that you will now bear fruit for God. That's what happens when a person in mar- is married, when a man is married with a woman, it's expected that they're going to have offspring, fruitfulness. I receive, uh, now in, in New Living Translation, before I, I go to that story, but in New Living Translation it says, And now you are united with the one who was raised from the dead as a result we can produce harvest of good deeds for God. There's now a harvest of good deeds in New Living Translation, in, in um, ESV, uh, English uh, Standard Version, is talking about fruit for God. 
Then in verse 5, it says, For while we were living in the flesh, while we were here, our sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in our members to bear fruit for what? For death. When we were here and married to the law, could you imagine living in fear and frustrations? Trying to fulfill all the to-do list that day. And you're about to sleep at night and you're frustrated because you fell short. And it's exposing all the more. The imperfection of that married woman. Because the man or the law was perfect. What is happening is that we are exposing the perfect aspect of the law. And by looking at that perfect aspect of the law... It would expose our imperfections. And so therefore, we see there that it arouses sin in us. Because even more, the frustrations and all this comes out. Because of the perfection of the law. And because of that, there's nothing but fear and frustration. So therefore, there's nothing but barrenness. There's no fruit. The only thing that is leading into is into uh, uh, death. Fruit for death. That's the life here. But that's not what's expected here. What is expected here, what Apostle Paul now telling the believers in Rome. He's saying, by no means that are you to sin more because we are not under the law and we're under grace. He said, by no means. In fact... You're going to have more fruits. That's what he's saying. You're going to have more fruits. You know, this morning, uh, uh, I don't, not this morning, but last Thursday, <clears throat> I, Pastor Steve just put on our Viber uh, Thursday morning. He, he gave us the news. Uh, that his son, Jonathan, who is married to Moriah, just had their baby. I believe this is their second baby. And they name her Jane. Now, for those of you who are not aware, Jonathan is married to a Filipina from Cabiao, Nueva Ecija. And they call her Jane. And we, some of the bishops were suggesting, maybe you can call her Nene. It's, it, it sounds more like she's really from Cabiao, Nueva Ecija. <laughs> But uh, we were celebrating with uh, Pastor Steve, the new Lolo. Could you imagine grandparents couldn't wait to see their grandchildren? I'm talking about uh, Pastor Jure, Bishop Jure, and, and Dea as well. No pressure to TJ and Christine. Yes, I'm looking at myself too. No pressure to Ellie and Ian. But the grandparents, I could imagine that... Uh, you know, the grandparents' expectation, longing to see grandchildren. I could imagine our Father in heaven, longing to see the quality of life that each and every one of us would produce because we belong to Christ. Could you imagine... That we are not just surviving, but thriving. Because we now belong to another. His name is the Lord Jesus Christ. Could you imagine when we blend the life of Christ 
with the life of a believer. Quality of life. There's fruitfulness. Fruit for God. Producing good deeds. As what NLT had said in this passage of the scripture. As we end. So we see here the aspects of belonging to another. Not only that we, uh, that we have a, a lasting belongingness cleaving to Jesus. Number two, we have a lasting fruitfulness being holy for God. Lasting fruitfulness. Quality of life. Humong here, you want that quality of life? Being blended with another person. His name is the Lord Jesus Christ. Thriving in the midst of all these things that are happening around us. And then number three, we see here. In this part of this aspect, new lifelong usefulness. New lifelong usefulness serving in the Holy Spirit. Now let me explain that further. It says in verse 6, this is the last verse of our pericope today. For now, verse 6, we are released from the law having died to that which held us captive... So that we serve in the new way of the spirit. And not in the old way of the written code. We serve in the new way of the spirit. Not the old way of the written code. New way of the spirit. We're going to talk about that next week. Apostle Paul expanded it in chapter 8 verse 1 to 11 if I'm not mistaken. And he expanded it. The law of the spirit of life. That's going to be amazing. We're going to talk more about it next week. But right here he gave us a glimpse. What do you call it? On the side a thumbnail. What do you call it again? It's almost like a thumbnail. In verse 6. Of how it is to live this life. In the Holy Spirit. So the, the third aspect is new lifelong usefulness. Serving in the Holy Spirit. This, this new way of living. This is a new way. You're not waking up in the morning anymore. With fear. And about to sleep in frustration. You know, I, I, I remember when I was younger. I have two older siblings. I have my ate, kuya, and another ate before me. And uh, the, the second ate is... Uh, uh, she's been single for a long time. You, you know her, she's Lisa, the one who uh, overcame COVID-19, the one I shared the last time. But the oldest uh, sister, I remember her when one day I saw her just asking my mother uh, how to cook. I was amazed because she's my aunt and she's like senorita in the house. But this time, she's now participating in the kitchen. I, I vividly remember my ate Sally, my older sister. Trying to participate in the kitchen and asking my mother about the food and how to cook it. And I vividly remembered and I've noticed and I realized she's about to get married. Her desire, <laughs> when she was single, she didn't care. But now that she's in love, you can't help 
but do something in order for her to be able to serve her husband. You know, my older brother and I were the only two boys in the family, and we were rough. We were, we don't, we didn't really know how to take care of ourselves. We're boys, you know, we're, we're not, we're not going to go and put lotion on our face. And it, it's in the province. We're rough and we kind of smelly at, at times and we don't care, you know. And then if my aunt would ask us if he, if he took a bath already, we don't even, even remember what the time, the last time we took a bath <laughs> when we were boys. Uh, I know they'll be listening to this message at one point. But I vividly remember when my older brother was learning how to dress up. When my older brother was learning how to use those things that you put to yourself so at least you smell good. And you know what I discovered? She was in love. I even been the, what do you call it? part of the entourage of my brother's older brother's wedding I've never seen my brother so in love he would wake up in the morning with a smile on his face you know when we were here we would wake up in the morning with fear we would be trembling and we couldn't even sleep at night but living in this place where we serve in the spirit There's that love oozing out of us. And it's not a burden to serve. It's even an expression of our love for our new husband named the Lord Jesus Christ. And he deserves all the love and the adoration because he laid his life for us. And the reason why we can love him back is because he loved us first. That's the Jesus that we belong to. And so I say today, new lifelong usefulness, serving in the Holy Spirit. I'm going to talk more about that next week. Apostle Paul talked about it more. So we might as well talk about it next week again in our text. But I just want to let us know today, as we end today, that since we now belong to Christ, there's now this quality of life. We are thriving in the midst of our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, whose love for us is sacrificial. He died so that we die to the law, but live to please Him by the power of the Holy Spirit. May you and I, from this day forward, live our lives serving our lover, our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what Paul was trying to emphasize in this illustration on marriage. It may not be that perfect, but nevertheless, he was able to drive his point. That we are now going to have even more quality living rather than this kind of trash. Today, I call us into prayer. I would like us to pray right now as we end this message. Some of you are listening to this. Uh, Some of you who are probably, I put a title on this message, we don't know more. Some of you are widows listening to this message. I want you to know the scripture says you have a new husband. Your maker, that's what Isaiah said. And I want to pray for all of us today. That from this day forward, we're not going to be living our lives in fear and frustrations. 
but we're going to be living our lives in the spirit, in love with the Lord. Father God, thank you for this morning. Thank you, Lord, for coming and, Lord, laying down your life to us before we could even grasp the idea of love. You've already expressed it on that cross 2,000 years ago. And you offered yourself to us, died on our behalf. Lord God, and we put our faith, as we have put our faith in you, you have bestowed on us the gift of eternal life and that relationship. That's why Christianity is a relationship with the person of Christ. Christianity is not Christianity apart from Christ. So Lord, today I thank you for this uh, idea today that we have grasped and understood That this is not a religion, but a relationship with our maker. Thank you, Lord, for saving us, extending to us the gift of eternal life, forgiving us of our sins. We are no longer married to the law, but we now belong to Christ. We are grateful, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you for joining us. You can visit victory.org.ph to find a church, join the Victory Group, and give online. Thank you for partnering with us in discipling the city, the nation, and the world through your generosity. For more messages like this, you can subscribe to this podcast through Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you listen to podcasts.